1: Jacob Marley is dead. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the podcast you are about to listen to.
0: I saw three ships come sailing in On Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. That people have an appreciation for Gruul. Like, I get that. Like, I'm sure there are fans of any weird food out there. And I get gruel is just um, oatmeal, but oatmeal is gross. (laughs) rule <laughs> is grosser because the word is gruel, and I don't care what you put on top of gruel. It could be sugar, cinnamon. I, I don't know some sort of mind altering essence. It doesn't matter. It's horrible. It is horrible, horrible, horrible gruel. Ugh. Get away from me.
1: <laughs> I have a two year old who's going to come fight you. His like favorite food right now well, is, uh, is oatmeal. I-
0: I got the reach on him, so we'll 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 see what happens. All right.
1: (laughs) Oh, hey everybody! Welcome to Jacob Marley is Dead, a podcast where uh, where my friend threatens to fight my son over a bowl of oatmeal, um, and two grown men talk about a Christmas Carol. My name is John. I'm your host.
0: I'm James. I guess the co-host. I guess.
1: Yeah, we're still working out the balance of power here. Um, <laughs> no, we not. are here. You, you
0: have you're He-Man. You have the power. Okay, all right. That's just the way it is.
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And uh, we are here to talk about A Christmas Carol.
0: Yes, we are. Yes.
1: We are. Uh, you may recall last time on A Christmas Carol, uh, miserly uh, Christmas hater Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> was visited in the night by the wailing ghost of his long dead partner, Jacob Marley, who had just gotten into like an emo band because he comes through the door covered in chains. And uh, basically he is told that if he does not mend his wicked miserly ways, that in the afterlife, he too will be chained and sent adrift over the world to witness all the things that he could have done to make the world a better place. And yet he chose not to. Um, You may also recall that that episode ran kind of long. So we're going to be picking up here. Uh, When we, (laughs) when we last left off our friend Ebenezer Scrooge, if I recall, he had collapsed to sleep in his bed Mm. and uh, he was told that he was going to be visited by these three spirits uh marley leaves it pretty unclear what those visitations are going to
0: be like um he just gives the hint that they're not they're not ghosts he makes that or, or does he make that clear he doesn't say they're they are spirits not ghosts right well i
1: think i think in this time period those words might be interchangeable i mean they always um,
0: are kind of but i'm wondering if like he's trying the spirits
1: to... also call themselves ghosts
0: oh ah, that's right Right. The so they're.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is explicitly a ghost story. And I don't think they just call it a ghost story because of Jacob Marley. Um, yeah. yeah that's the that's go- ghost, phantom, spirit are all words that are kind of interchangeably
0: used for these figures. Um,
1: and yeah. we're about to meet the first of them.
0: Yeah. So the first spirit is John, the ghost of Christmas past. Ow. Jesus, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past.
1: (laughs) Yes, the ghost of Christmas past. Now, um, Scrooge kind of wakes up ahead of time, and he's sort of mentally preparing for this ghost to appear. Um, And he's listening to the bell, and he knows that uh, I think it's at the stroke of one that this ghost is supposed to make itself known. Mm -hmm. Um, And Scrooge, who after like sleeping it off a little bit, is feeling a little bit more like, I'm not entirely sure that what happened to me last night was real. It feels unlikely that I was visited by a seven years dead man to be told that I'm a terrible person who's going to a oddly specific kind of hell
0: if I don't change my ways. But he notes the time on the clock is wrong and he thinks he might have even slept through the entire day. But how could he have done that?
1: Yeah. He kind of wakes up at an unusual time for an old, old man. So Uh, not um, that unusual. Charles Dickens leaves out the part where, where Scrooge takes kind of like a pyrrhic piss in his yeah, he, chamber cut
0: yeah he, he to use another phrase he takes the piss out of Scrooge the rest of the time but he doesn't take it well we'll cut that out
1: yeah it's fine <laughs> anyhow um <laughs> Uh, Scrooge kind of prematurely celebrates the that it's one o'clock and nothing has happened right before the bell rings. And as the bell rings, he suddenly finds himself kind of in this shaft of uh, mysterious light. And he sees this first spirit. Um, what do you make of the way that they describe the spirit? I have some thoughts about this.
0: Well, we'll get into this with all the other spirits. But I think that they... Well, what are we? So the spirit is physically described as what at this moment right here.
1: So this is the interesting part, right? Um, the spirit is described as kind of small, right? But but almost more like it's not so much that it's of short stature, but that it, it it's at a distance. Um, it's, it's a soul. Yeah, its physical form is is uh, transitory. Uh, for lack of a better word. It, it's sort of described as a as a well-muscled masculine figure, but one who is like equal parts a child and an old man. It's wearing uh, a white robe with a kind of strange glittering belt. Um, at different points, it's described as having like 20 legs, then one leg, then multiple heads. And then it kind of is like shifting in and out of, of various states of existence so that it's hard for Scrooge to kind of pin down exactly what it is that he's looking at. And it's It's, giving off this really, really bright light. That's very hard to escape.
0: I think it's, it's nostalgia. It's, it's how we look at the past. It's how we look to the past with bright light and, you know, how, how much better things may have been or how we'd sometimes look. But our opinion of the past is always, changing but a lot of people have nostalgic feelings for even the worst times in their life right they look back on everything with rose tinted glasses and they're sure. like and they're like this was you know what i might have been sent to this boarding school all by my lonesome jumping ahead a little but like i was a boy i was young i was full of life and it's youth and it's nostalgia and it's the past and it's you know there's all these warm feelings around it but those feelings are always shifting a little bit i think that's maybe maybe just an interpretation but I, I don't think it's a wrong one necessarily
1: so i i will say i i have only ever seen this spirit portrayed correctly one time like there's so there. are I feel like out of all three of the spirits, this is the one that people, when they do adaptations of this, seem to have the hardest time locking down, like, how do we do this thing? Um, there are a few versions that I think do it really particularly well. There are other versions that I think fall pretty short and we'll talk about that. But yeah, I kind of read it's it's sort of shifting, um, transitory nature is like, it's the nature of memory, right? Like yeah. memory is not, when you think back to an event, you don't remember it like a movie. Like it's not like a flashback where you're seeing everything in detail. You are sort of remembering this like shifting version of it with certain details that stand out. But then like a- another time that memory, you may remember different things about it. Um, I think he does a really, without drawing a ton of attention to it, like there's no point in the text where he's like, I'm this way because I'm your memories and memories are hard to pin down. It's like, you're left as a reader to kind of interpret that into it. And I think it's a really, really unique challenge, the way that he characterizes and approaches this. This is also definitely the gentlest of the ghosts. Like it's not scary necessarily in the same way that Marley was. It's it's unsettling because it's yeah. otherworldly, um, but it also doesn't have the same kind of um, like, critical eye that we'll see with the next spirit and you know well that's dread that comes with the final
0: spirit well that's the past the past can't be changed right we can only move we can only move forward so i want to back up a little bit further so you mentioned like this is memory and everything like that i want to bring this up now is this really happening or is this in scrooge's mind because these are all his memories, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I maybe we want to say this for later on after we've gone through the whole thing, but so far this is could still this is still just Scrooge this could still just be Scrooge's mind, you know, doing all of this.
1: Yes, I think this this spirit is still like the the jumping off point where he could say this is all in my head. This is just me I ate something weird and I'm having this weird dream and I'm remembering these things from my past Um, because what we will learn about the spirit is that it is the, the spirit uh, or the ghost of Christmas past. Um, And it says something here that I think is very interesting where, where Scrooge asks if it's the, if it's the ghost of all Christmas past and, and the ghost says your past. So there's something, this ghost particularly represents scrooge's past like the christmases that scrooge has experienced and i was trying to to puzzle out because i i it doesn't feel like that's true of the next spirit or the next spirit that they are particular to scrooge but this one says that it is and is that because of do you think that's because of like the nature of memory how like memory as an individual sort of thing. Like this spirit is much more concerned with so- showing Scrooge the things in his past that made him the person he is today.
0: Or it is that your past is you are part of all and all are part of you. So that it, I mean, I mean, I, I don't have the text right in front of me, but does it really state it? Like it's just about you or is that, or could that be interpreted as.
1: So uh, the literal line is he says, you know, the ghost says I'm the ghost of Christmas past. And Scrooge says all past. And the ghost says, no, your past.
0: All right. So it is. All right. So back it up. So she says your past. Right. Yeah. And I think that I don't know if necessarily, John, if that doesn't hold true for all three ghosts. I think that this light, then maybe what it represents more than just nostalgia is potential. Right. Sure. And, and that it's that when you're young and in the past you you still have decisions to to make and you still have a future that you could one day achieve or, or a life that you could lead like the future is ahead of you everything is possible when you it's in the past right well Looking back on the memories of the past.
1: Well, I think we have to talk about that light. Um, in the the risk of running long on this, but the light bothers Scrooge. He doesn't like looking at it. It's a bright. He the spirit is carrying around this like extinguisher cap, which is like a little. Um, if you could think back to the days of like where the primary light source was a candle, it was basically like a little metal cone that you would put over the tip of the candle to put the candle out. Yeah. Um, rather than just blowing it and like spraying wax everywhere. So the ghost has one of these that it carries. And when Scrooge asks the ghost to put that cap on and cover this light, um, that's over it. That's kind of shining out of its, out of its head. The ghost admonishes him and is like, um, is it not bad enough that people like you have forced me to put this cap over my head before? Like there's something about Scrooge. And I don't know if, if that light then represents like, the the power that memory has over people i think it's unclear like what that that light is supposed to represent but all we know is that the the light really bothers scrooge and there's a part based on what happens at the end i guess we can talk about it when we get there it's possible that that light could be like the way people don't want to remember things that are painful the way that memory has this way of penetrating us even when we don't want it to so basically um Scrooge is only a little bit hesitant to go with this ghost because the ghost is basically saying, here, come jump out this window and we're going to go see some stuff. Uh, And I've been there. (laughs) And and, uh, Scrooge is obviously like not into this idea. He's wearing his like PJs and uh, it's, you know, the second story of this house and it's cold and various other excuses. But the ghost basically says, well, here, just like hold my robe and we're going to go. Scrooge and the ghost kind of fly out the window and find themselves in the daylight on a snowy country road. And immediately uh, Scrooge realizes that this is like the countryside where he grew up. He recognizes the place. He recognizes a bunch of like kids that are there playing snowballs. And um, I think there's this really interesting moment here where he is immediately transformed as a person. Like, going back to this place and experiencing this thing that he remembers fondly from childhood immediately changes him from this like grouchy curmudgeon into almost a child himself. He gets like really kind of a lot of joy immediately out of experiencing this memory. So instantly he is sort of changed by this experience of going back to this place and seeing um, this environment that he remembers from his childhood. He's like, immediately filled with wonder and he's excited and has this kind of childlike um, reaction.
0: Well, have you ever, uh, I've gone back to my old schools uh, and I visited them. I've, I've just walked the halls or I've walked around the building or something like that. And anytime I'm there, the little things you pick up on are so strong and big and and it's, it's 100% accurate. You know, it's probably even more, it's more for Scrooge because like what he's about to go through amps it up. But when you return to a place that you haven't seen in years, that you spent hours, years at, right? Like you spent a good chunk of your life there. You are instantly teleported back to the past. And Scrooge is literally taken back to the past here and has the very human reaction to it.
1: I think it's a good moment because it, It shows us as readers that like there is a there is a a light within Scrooge that's just buried under whatever is going on with him. He's not a a bad person, but he's definitely a person who has come to a bad place. Unfortunately, we also come to find out there's like a bittersweetness here because he watches all these kids that are that are sort of playing with snowballs in the scene leave, going back to their homes for Christmas. Um, but the ghost and he move onward to this old rundown school building and he doesn't want to be there he immediately tells the ghost that he like doesn't want to be there but that's not how this works he doesn't get to choose where they go and inside we discover that a young Ebenezer Scrooge will spend his Christmas holiday alone in this school building and in Scrooge weeps, like he he immediately begins to cry
0: when he remembers this experience. It's such a human moment. It's such either as a child or as an adult, we've all been in a situation, a holiday, a wedding, someplace that you just some sort of bad situation where you or a situation where everybody else around you was happy. Right. And joyous and with the season or with the spirit of the event and you're there and your circumstances, you're just miserable.
1: Yeah. This is, this is him getting to see himself at a point that clearly is very pivotal in his life. Like this obviously is a moment that has a big impact on him. How could it not to be like alone Mm. away from your family for Christmas? And Scrooge has like, empathy and pity for his former self. He looks at him and he like literally says, poor boy. And I'm wondering like, that is a situation that no actual human being is ever in to like be in the moment, being able to pity their former self, that form of like self pity and recognizing like former trauma. Um, it's a really, really interesting moment. And then, um, We come to find that, like, you know, calling back to the previous episode where I talked about uh, Charles Dickens really loving Robinson Crusoe and the Arabian Nights. We also find that a young Ebenezer Scrooge was particularly fond of those books. And there's this sort of great moment where those characters come to life for just a second um, and Scrooge is able to uh, see alibaba like standing in the window watching him like kind of standing guard over him and um he sees robinson crusoe and adult scrooge gets really excited and like kind of remembers these books um so he has this sort of positive memory of that moment which is i really like that
0: um i i wonder because in the last episode we talked about like you mentioned he's reading these stories and these were the one these were the informative stories for him but of course scrooge lives a, a a different life right than he does but i'm wondering if this is a sense of like at any point any child right you know they have their stories they they all have this imagination but just depending on the circumstances you know like it's another humanizing yeah. moment for scrooge we all had that as and a for child, the reader too know? because
1: you you're seeing uh, like this is charles dickens sort of playing out the morality of like all of you like wealthy businessmen who turn your nose up at the poor, maybe you need to remember like when you were a poor child in a bad situation and no one had any pity on you. Like if you can't have pity on like the children in the street, at least have pity on like the young man that turned into you. I don't know. It's like, it's an interesting moment. Um, And it gives us this idea of like, this is formative for Scrooge, this guy who hates Christmas. Um, had a really crappy time when it came to Christmas for like most of his formative years, because we see time kind of jumps forward here and the building deteriorates. Like it's almost like a, like a, um, a time lapse and young Uh Scrooge gets older and it's another Christmas several years later. And he is still spending his Christmases at the school instead of at home. Um, So now he's like a young man and his sister comes in so this is the big change right he's got this younger sister fan who comes running in and she's super excited to see him and and she basically tells him that she's convinced their father that he should get to spend christmas at home which is wild now how old is fan here uh it's unclear the way that she talks i would guess that she's like nine or ten like she's younger right she's a little girl Um, And this has a, this like Scrooge knows this is coming older Scrooge. Who's watching this happen. Um, It sort of implies that he knows like what Christmas this is. And um, we never get to see like Scrooge's father, but we just get this implication, right. That um, his father like used to be kind of, kind of hard, but now maybe is softening a little bit. Um, It's unclear why like, Fan gets to stay at home but Scrooge doesn't. We don't know much about Scrooge's oh, well, mother so like there's it's possible that like um the mother's not in the picture anymore.
0: I think it's clear that either that I hate to bring it up but the patriarchy here. Fan doesn't need to get a job. Scrooge does, right? Yeah. Eb- Ebenezer does. Ebenezer Fan doesn't need to go to school and study and learn things. Ebenezer does. Cause he's going to have a job and he's going to need to yeah. work for a living. It's, yeah. it's patriarchy. It's stupid, but that's, that's part of the reason why I bet she's there, not at school.
1: Yeah. So there's definitely like an implication of that sort of traditionalist idea. And I'm sure this is something that um, Charles Dickens experienced. So anyway, we're going to get like a big jump forward at this point because they leave the school and they end up back on the streets of London and they come to this warehouse and it's another Christmas. And this is another point where Scrooge gets really excited because this is, this is a memory that has no bitterness. This is all sweetness because we
0: are about to meet Mr. Fezziwig. This is a huge moment in the story. This is his best Christmas. This moment right here is the best Christmas in Scrooge's life up until later on in the story. Probably
1: basically. So, so Scrooge has become apprenticed, uh, with, um, Mr. Fezziwig, who is a businessman of some variety. Um, it's, it's unclear what that business is. We know that it involves a warehouse. So he may be like a shipping merchant or something like that. Um, Fezziwig is kind of this larger than life character. He's, he's very, um, he's characterized as both a, both a taskmaster, but also like someone who likes to have fun. So um,
0: yeah, he, he's a larger than life personality. He's, 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 he is, if we were doing a play version of this, I would double cast Fezziwig probably as the ghost of Christmas present, but that's besides the point.
1: <laughs> that's an, that's actually a really interesting idea. Um, Yeah. He's, he works hard and he plays hard. That's yeah. kind of the implications and there he inspires sort of the, the apprentices, right? Like Scrooge and the other apprentice who work at Fezziwig's shop sort of like, Fezziwig says jump and they say like how high with a smile on their face because the way that he treats them is is kind of inspiring he's one of those people who leads by being like bright and fun and uh exciting to work for and they have this like giant christmas party basically it's like christmas we're not going to work anymore put up the shutters clear away everything we're going to make a dance floor this fiddler comes in
0: and is like tearing the place up um Fezziwig like, is who's Fezziwig in this moment is he's a businessman so he is the best version of what Scrooge could be right like yes. he, he still runs a business he's running it out of profit clearly because he's able to throw this party but everybody loves him the community loves him he is the best example of a business person
1: right right yeah like and, and the this party that he throws is kind of like all of these people from all over the town coming in to have this like a big dance and eat all this food and it's like bright and colorful you know it's a bash like it's a it's a big party and scrooge in this moment like the the ghost of christmas past kind of is like why on earth are is everyone celebrating so much? Like all he did was like spend a little bit of money. Like, is it, is it worth it? And um, Scrooge sort of comes to his defense and is like, that's not, it's not about the money. It's about like the way that he was, he could, he could choose to make our lives like good or bad. He could make our burdens like light or a toil. Um, and he, and he realizes he has this moment where he's, where he kind of gets quiet and is like, Um, when the ghost asks him why he says, well, I I would just like to say something to my clerk right now. That's all. So like he has this moment of guilt where he realizes like he's the boss now and Bob Cratchit is not like saying these nice things about him, right? Bob Cratchit, Bob Cratchit is not looking at Ebenezer Scrooge as like a great person to work for.
0: And at this moment, all we know of Bob Cratchit, all we know Bob is that he likes to go sledding and he enjoys Christmas and he's really, really yeah. cold. So we don't know all of Bob's situation at this moment, but we just know enough to know that Scrooge is doing him wrong. And Scrooge is at least becoming a little self aware like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah
1: I'm he's a jerk. starting to get it. Like, he's starting to realize um, he could be doing something different.
0: I could be like Fezziwig. I could, I, I, there's nothing. I, I, I am witty, at least dad joke wise, he thinks he's witty, right? Like, so he could become Fezziwig and he just has not allowed right. himself and to And I do think it. that
1: there's, you know, we know that there's some trauma in his life, right? Well, Connected yeah, well, to, yeah. probably well, to well. the idea of money. Like, I imagine that he's at that boarding school because either his, like, my guess is that his father is poor, I think that Scrooge came from poverty, and here's why. Because we get to the next scene, and in this scene, Mm -hmm. it's another Christmas, and we see Scrooge kind of interacting with this young woman, okay, Belle.
0: Every morning just the same. since the morning that we came to this poor provincial town. Good morning, Belle. Good morning, monsieur.
1: And presumably they've been engaged for some time, but um, she's unhappy because Scrooge has started to act a little bit differently he's very kind of obsessed with the idea of money and she sort of describes it as though he he operates out of this like fear of being poor like his his whole world is wrapped up in the idea that if he has enough money that the world can't Mm -hmm. touch him that like bad things won't happen to him and to them because of the money but it's kind of gone from like he wants money to be secure for his family to like, he wants money to be secure in himself and she's an afterthought. So it makes me wonder if like sometime between when Scrooge worked for Fezziwig and got engaged to this girl, he started to be like, well, I don't want to be like my father where I'm like so poor that I'm sending my kids to like boarding schools to live for Christmas. Cause I can't afford to like keep them in the house. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think also like, all right, so this gets to a thing. I think what Scrooge is going through and what he's by looking at his memories and all of that, this is maybe not one to one, but a very similar situation to what Dickens went through. <laughs> yeah, with his right? father and like debtors. Not yeah, exactly. So I think he's saying, I could have become this, you know? Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a possibility. And I think that's maybe what he's talking about there. At least, look, it's all up for interpretation. This sure. whole thing is, but. I feel I feel like there's something there. I think his his youth and Scrooge's youth there's there's a connection there.
1: What happens in this conversation is this girl is like you're not going to be happy with me because what you want is money. Like you want to be secure from the world. I don't have a dowry. Like you're not going to profit by marrying me and I'm not going to be happy with you because you're not the person that you were. And they break it off. And young Scrooge in this scene doesn't really resist it at all. Like he doesn't try to fight back. Um, He kind of he's kind of like, yeah, you're right.
0: It's self evident. It's self evident. He he's like he he he's he's like he 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 for a second he tries to think of like something I think it says, but then he's like, nope, you're right. I'm this is I'm about that money, so I got to get that paper.
1: Um, And a lot of versions of this. Uh, That I've seen kind of end it here, but there's one more vision that he sees, which is not of himself. This is the only vision we see in this that doesn't include Scrooge directly, um, where uh, Scrooge is taken to like a Christmas several years later, many years later, where we see um, Belle. And her family. So she's got like one kind of older daughter and several younger children. She's married to some other guy. And there's a really weird moment here in one of these asides where like Dickens is talking about the oldest daughter and about how all the little kids like kind of roughhouse with her the way that like little kids play with older siblings. And he's like, I like kind of like I wish I had like the body of a child, but like the mind of a man that knew like what was going on. And it's a little on the pervy side. Uh, and it's the first of a few moments in this that aren't like directly pervy, but have kind of a vibe that is a little bit weird. Um,
0: yeah, there's a there's a couple of descriptions of like how how people look uh, women, how women look and how it's like infantilizing a little bit. Just yeah, and feels it's like just...
1: maybe sexually predatory, but it doesn't quite cross that line. It,
0: it, it, it's a it's it's a little creepy uncle.
1: There is a read of this that I think is very that is kind of innocent. But in a post me Too like 2020, Donald Trump was president for a while kind of world. uh, Yeah, it's hard to read an innocent version of this. But anyway, I wanted to get that in there just because it was such a strange moment. And I actually saw like a Twitter thread about it recently, which was a, a surreal experience.
0: No, we we want to acknowledge that there is there are moments in this text that just have not aged well, I, I, as with so many timeless classics that aren't. The story is good. The asides and the jokes of the time have not aged well.
1: But basically... Uh the husband comes in like whatever schmo that she ended up marrying comes in and is like, Hey, I saw your, your pal. So this is a, an interesting moment too. Cause he's like, I saw an old friend of yours today. And she's like, Oh, who was it? And, and, and he says, guess. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. Mr. Scrooge. Like <laughs> she leads off the first person she guesses is her boyfriend from many, many years ago, which is such a strange moment. So like it, you wonder like if they had any kind of relationship after
0: see this is where i'm going to back up i think this is a dream i'm just saying this is a dream not real but keep going
1: so basically he's like yeah he i you know his partner is dying and um i walk past his like shop window and he was just there all alone working and sort of like the capstone of this is because of the events of scrooge's life he ends up alone in his counting house as his partner lays dying. Right. And that sort of brings us up to basically the present. Cause this would have been seven Christmas eves ago when Marley was dying.
0: So I think um, with that sequence there, this is more evidence in my mind that it's a dream, right? Because that whole idea of there's no way of Scrooge knowing that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's his past that's what they keep saying this is your past right, right? but he doesn't know he doesn't know anything about that moment but he thinks about it. so that. it's
1: interesting is it a moment though when like because of his presence in
0: people's minds that it's his past well that's that's totally f- cool but what i'm saying here is that in his mind he knows she got married right right like i'm sure he's aware of it i'm sure yeah. he's aware of the life she leads and he wishes he could have had that maybe and- even not maybe he doesn't even acknowledge that but he deep down he wishes he could have been with her and it's a moment where we see like a an alternate
1: past because he sees the oldest daughter and he's like the oldest daughter is kind of like affectionately leaning against the father's arm while they're sitting on the couch and he has this moment of being like well that could have been me like i could have been sitting there with my daughter leaning on my arm and having affection for me in my old age um but at this point, he he gets pissed off, and he's been a little bit rattled since they left Fezziwigs. Um, the stuff with this girl clearly has a strong impact on him because he chose money over her, and he he tries to extinguish the spirit. He says to the spirit, um, "I don't want to see anymore. Take me home." And the spirit's like, "Listen." this is what happened like don't blame me for what happened like basically saying to him like you did this like you don't get to run away from your memories that's not how this works oh yes the past can hurt but the way i see it you can either run from it or learn from it and scrooge takes the extinguisher cap and basically like crams it down over the spirit's head until the he's pushed it all the way to the ground, but he can't put the light out as much as he tries to put this, this damper down over that light. It continues to shine. Um, and it almost implies that that light continues to shine as he like stumbles to bed and falls back asleep. But this is where I was wondering if that if that light represents mm-hmm. like kind of the, the, the way in which memory penetrates every element of our life. You know what I mean? like, the the person we are today is because of our memories, and often our greatest pain is because of those memories that we can't push away, no matter how hard we try.
0: Well, it's shining a light on the past. It's yeah. Uh, so it, it's both, and I think that with with how Scrooge is hurt by the light is because he's hurt by the past. He's hurt right. by what what he did and what he did to himself, and it's and he. And the more the realization, the more light that is shined on that fact that he has done this to himself, he could have been with Belle. He could have been like Fezziwig. He could have had these things. There were moments, right? Sometimes in life, we're dealt a bad hand. Sometimes in life, there weren't moments where you could have turned around. Maybe our outlook could be better, but sometimes you're just given a rotten situation. Scrooge had moments and examples, maybe few, but he had them and he didn't change. He continued down the path that led him to being Ebenezer Scrooge. And the light is revealing that to himself and he can't take it.
1: So Scrooge uh, falls asleep. Like I said, he kind of has this struggle with the spirit. He can't overcome that light, falls asleep. And that brings us to stave three the second of the three spirits but before we get to that we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for this week so stick around we'll be right back hi everybody If you're anything like me, you've been listening to podcasts pretty much as long as podcasts have been a thing, and you've always dreamed that one day you would find a topic you were really passionate about, and you would make that dream podcast yourself. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, when everybody and their mom and their mom's dog has a podcast, and there are so many different podcast hosting platforms to choose from, it can be a little bit difficult to find something that fits both your needs and your budget. And that is where Anchor comes in. If you are someone just breaking into the podcast scene and you're looking for a place to uh, get started hosting your podcast, Anchor is a great choice. For starters, it's totally free. There's no charge to host the files that you need for your podcast. It also has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're someone who hasn't broken into using GarageBand or Audacity or a more professional program to record your podcast... Anchor has all of the tools you need to record right from your phone or computer. Anchor also provides seamless distribution to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms, so it's really easy for you to reach a broad audience. If you're looking to monetize your podcast, you can do so with no minimum listenership through Anchor. Just record an ad and put a sponsorship segment in your show, and you're good to go. It's everything that you need to make a podcast, right in one place. If you want to get started recording that podcast you've always dreamed about today, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us through that ad break. Mm -hmm. We, uh... Have been talking in (laughs) uh, in the intervening moments, and um,
0: just a few seconds.
1: James, uh, James, I don't know if you recall uh, at the end of the last episode when I said, "Hey, this is pretty long. Maybe we should switch it into two parts." Uh, You had the almost uh, prophetic Mm. prediction that we would need to split it into three, and I think you were correct, James. I think that we need to split this off into one final episode where Scrooge will encounter his last two spirits and maybe have a change of heart question mark. We don't know. We'll find out. What do you think about that?
0: I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's what we got to do. John. I think, look, we don't want these episodes running, you know, for five hours or something like that. As somebody who's could, listened,
1: knowing I, us,
0: we we could we could go on and on and just keep talking and not stop, John. We've been known to do that from time to time. But I think um, for the benefit of the listeners at home or on their commute or wherever, um, we're going to keep these episodes closer to uh, you know not, not as long. So uh, we're going to edit this down into three parts, right, John?
1: I think that's the plan. I think that's going to be the plan. Well. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to our second episode of Jacob Marley is dead. If you want to contact us, you can reach out to Jacob Marley is dead at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our brand spanking new Twitter, which is at Marley is dead pod on Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, if I you are listening for a
0: second there, John, 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 John. You're, you're, you're rushing over the fact that somebody already has the rights to Jacob Marley is dead.
1: Uh Jacob Marley is dead is too long. What's wrong with this world, John? What is that? It's, it's it's abysmal. Abysmal. So Marley is dead pod The worst pod thing is, to happen is... in
0: 2021 already. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> We don't even have the excuse of this episode coming out before the 6th. No, we <laughs> so don't for that we joke don't. to be legitimate. <laughs> Um, so yes, follow us on Twitter. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple podcasts, I'm sure you've heard this many times, but that five-star rating really, really helps podcasts get exposure, especially ones like ours that are just getting off the ground. So do us the kindness, do us the favor. This is a passion project for us. We're not doing this to make a ton of money or, or to promote ourselves in any way. We're doing it because we really like this story and we hope to find an audience of people who likes it too. So if you can take a minute. Give us five stars. Maybe write us a nice review. It'll really, really help. James, anything you want to say?
0: I just want to say, uh, don't give us a one-star review. Don't give us a two, not a three, not a four. Give us a five-star, 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 five-star review. Okay, friends? That's for the wrestlers fans out there. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that there's crossover between wrestling
0: fans and, uh, and, uh, Christmas Carol uh, fans. Although oh, I guess uh, you're
1: evidence of that, right?
0: I I am a wrestling fan, so uh, yeah, make your opinions about me now, everybody who's listening.
1: Well, it's going to wrap it up for us here on Jacob Marley is Dead, and uh, as we go out into this good night, as Tiny Tim observed...
0: God bless us, everyone.